0: All right, so we're going to get started. Um, tonight, we're mainly going to be talking about NFL issues. But before we get started, Tarazi, you want to give a little background on the group?
1: Yeah, so uh, again, uh, welcome to everyone's episode two of the Celtics Talk podcast. Um, so just a little bit of background on our group. is uh, We're all friends from high school. We all went to school high school together, actually. Andrew's a younger brother of Ashton. Um, we're all currently in college. And uh, pretty much how the group started was, is uh, myself, Ashton, Josh, and Marshall to begin with were the Celtics fans in high school and we just threw a group chat together to talk about the games. We watched them religiously um, during study hall on the weekends. We were just talking about the group and then it really expanded to... Um, to more people, like Matt, Joanne, who's, the, who's the brother of Josh, Andrew, as well as an original member, um, and it kind of grew into, like, this kind of, like, really, really close friend group we have, the obviously, this is the main point, but one where we really got together and hung out as friends in Rhode Island, things like that, um, and, yeah, just really talking about Celtic basketball life itself, and we thought we'd throw this podcast together, um, Obviously, during the quarantine, it's not great, but it's something to do. All
0: right. Thanks, Rosie. Ashton, since you weren't here the last time, you want
2: to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Ashton. Um, I'm a sophomore at Maryland. I'm from Connecticut. Um, I would say my favorite player is probably Jared Solinger. <laughs> um, yeah. Go.
3: And that's silly, one of my
2: baby. favorite moments, as with most of these guys, is Paul Pierce's uh, last three in the Garden. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you
0: said you also had some stuff you wanted to add from the last time you oh, wanted to just okay. talk about so how the
2: yeah. Before we get into the NFL, I just wanted to talk uh, with all of you. So let's say that the NBA season picks up again in like July, August, um, September. Hypothetically, how do we feel about a Milwaukee Bucks number one seed versus a Nets number eight with, with the possibility of Kyrie and
0: Kevin Durant coming back? It's actually a good question.
1: Uh, I think it really depends on their injury timeline. I haven't really followed them their injuries specifically closely, but I mean who knows? Like that they might have they would have a chance. If they're if they're both healthy, I think the Nets win that speech.
3: They're both expected to be recovered by them. If that were I mean if I mean obviously if they're helping in any kind of groove then then yeah, I'm just not too sure how the how the rehab would go, but that that would certainly make it interesting.
4: I'd say Brooklyn shows up, uh, plays their asses off, wins that series, and then they play like ass the next round once Kyrie takes enough time to destroy the chemistry that's on the
5: team. Hot take. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good thing. I think I think Kyrie destroys the chemistry the in the middle of that cancer. series and they lose. I don't and think they the beat the Bucks. I mean, it depends up.
0: on how Katie and Kyrie play oh, yeah. together. I, mean, we I, think yet, but, I think they do. Yeah, I
5: think they.
3: I mean, I think they could. It just, I, I think the one thing. I think was, it goes think to Kyrie is the number two guy on his team. He's a little less condescending. Maybe that's how it worked out a little better in Cleveland. But that that's the only thing that could save their team chemistry. I think from <laughs> see. Time.
4: See I can agree with that but at the same time at this point in his career I don't I think I feel like Kyrie just naturally being the scummy asshole of a human being that he is just doesn't have enough humility in him to accept to accept a number 2 role and that's why I feel like it's going to be the problem. Yeah. I think he's just such an arrogant prick that he will just automatically try to like morph into this number 1 leadership guy of which he's completely incapable of playing
2: and just immediately
4: blow things up. We know that he's like a
2: uh kind of a crabby guy to say douchebag the least. and I mean but think about it in Cleveland he was younger and he was always had a problem with LeBron but he wasn't very um and LeBron's like the best player in the world. But you say Kevin Durant, pre injury, number two best player in the world. It can be up for debate, but that's just my opinion. Um how vocal do to... you I mean he was pretty was a douchebag to Jalen Brown and uh Jason Tatum in um, Boston, and he's been an asshole already causing problems this season, but when Kevin Durant's on the floor, he's the number two guy. How vocal is he, or is he just very, like, you know, disgruntled, but, like, quiet about it? Or, like, I think,
1: based on what we know about him going to Brooklyn, KD was going to go wherever Kyrie went. I think those guys are going to play very well together, and when, if this season or next season, whenever the two of them are fully healthy, they're one of the best things in the conference. No doubt. I'll be honest here. I I think it's pretty
4: ironic that we found out all the rumors that we, we, we pretty much had the rumors confirmed back in early March that the reason Brooklyn fired their head coach was pretty much because of Kyrie Irving. And the last time a head coach got fired because of a single player in the NBA was probably in Cleveland with LeBron in the middle. Uh, when I'm uh, Jesus Christ, David Black got fired
1: I agree with you there, Andrew, and the, it just the fact that the NBA is players are bigger than the coaches, especially when you're talking about a guy like Kyrie Irving, a guy obviously like LeBron, like KD, obviously. But that, I feel like at the same time, the way the Nets are structured, the way they're paying two guys, they're going to listen to them because they know how Kyrie can freak out. They know that he's very vocal in the media can't be going to Kenny Atkinson, who, again, Kenny Atkinson, the head coach, of the, the previous head coach in that session, I should say, didn't want them on the team. He liked the team they had with D'Angelo, Russell, obviously he thought that they were the players. They could build around, kind of like a Brad Schumann kind of guy. He, he kind of built a bunch of misfits and made them to the playoffs. I and mean, that's what the Celtics were before Isaiah Thomas came in. after the KG and Paul Pierce team. They were a
2: bunch of misfits. And they made Those team. were the days. That was also the thing about the – you also have to think that, um, like, Brad Stevens is a very hands-on coach, you know, extremely creative. Um, but then you have, like, guys like, you know, they wanted Tyron Lue because they wanted him to shut up and just be, like, the head place as the coach while, like, LeBron runs the team. I mean, think about Steve Kerr. How much did Steve Kerr, he won Coach of the Year, but how much did he really do for that team? He didn't
3: do exactly. shit. I mean,
2: he, he wasn't. Exactly. And shit. Kenny
3: Atkinson, Kenny Atkinson, he, he, made, he made something coached. out of
2: D'Angelo Russell and, like, Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and those guys very good like I just like I think the reason he didn't want them was because he knows that like his opinion won't be very like voiced unless he's like a like literally none of these guys in the league I mean you saw Kyrie he wasn't like very like he didn't Stevens I mean at least we don't know so but like I'm pretty sure the only person in the league that no one would attack is probably Popovich other than that just want a coach that's not going to say anything
4: I'm not going to lie. That's what I hate about the NBA today. All the players are a bunch of pansies who are selfish, who are divas, who think that they're the shit and who think they can walk around like they fucking run the joint. They have no respect for their teammates, no respect for their players, for their other players in the league, no respect for coaches. They're a bunch of arrogant pricks. It really sucks.
5: I think, I think the NBA now is way more of a business than it was, like, a couple of years ago either. Like, people – People, like, are just literally looking for money. They're not looking for a team. They're just looking for money. I mean, think it's, it's the way the game has developed. Oh, it's like a, a free market enterprise. That's, that's every league, though. Yeah.
4: Uh, not as much the NFL. Yeah.
5: Major,
4: major League there's Baseball. There's, there's a lot more loyalty in Major League Baseball, there's too, I think, as basketball. well. The NBA is the Mookie. one with, that's got the major problems. Mookie Betts is the one exception to the rule. I mean, like, one, like huge exception to that. But, like, over the past, like... At least decade, like you haven't seen a lot of guys from like, like a lot of like top ten players in baseball just like randomly like jumping ship and free agency and leaving their team. Like you look at some of these guys. Who play for like I mean like Mike Trout, like Mike Trout was like undisputably in my opinion the best player in baseball and he's never even going to sniff a chance at a World Series with the Angels. But he's not saying trade me, trade me. Oh, yeah. Once you
3: compare Mike Trout's personality to the NBA guys, then then you'll know why.
4: Exactly. And how much is he getting paid? He gets paid a pretty good amount. That's why, as he should. But 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 he's getting paid for his loyalty. Same thing with Felix Hernandez, like back in the day in Seattle. I mean, he was King Felix, man, and he's still there wallowing away. And he's in fucking Seattle. Like Seattle is never going to win a World Series, at least not in our lifetimes, where they've been as long as they've existed. But he's still there, like he's not like I want to leave. I want to leave because he's he's not a fucking dick. If there's any loyalty in the
2: NBA, you got to see where Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo go
3: in their future. I really – I feel like –
4: I agree with that. Damian Lillard's probably one of the only guys left. Giannis too. All
3: right. Uh, Do you want to switch topics now? Um, Talk about the NFL draft coming up? Yeah. I was also – I think
0: first first I wanted to talk about kind of like how we thought free agency went and – also like who the winners and losers of the off season are so far. I mean I can think of one loser off the top of my head is probably the Texans, but you guys can get into it.
4: Interesting. Yeah, that Bill O'Brien. Jesus, that guy. Oh man. I don't know. I still what a job. fucking idiot.
5: What an idiot.
0: I don't
5: know. Yeah, the Cardinals are gonna be I think they're gonna be I pretty, think Ka- pretty good next year. I mean Kyler Murray was already pretty decent this year and now he's got another weapon. And he can use his legs. Like, they're going to have so much I, offense. I completely so
4: agree. Is, I think that with, uh, with the additional seven, with the addition of an additional playoff team to the NFL playoff structure this year for each conference, the Cardinals sleeper pick for me, man, I think I'll say it right here. Right Kyler now. Murray did really well,
2: but I still think he has a lot to
0: prove. I think DeAndre Hopkins is oh, a great addition, but there's got to be a reason why the Texans traded him. Like, he's. He's kind. Of, I mean he's a great player, but he's kind of a nutcase. But they definitely needed someone like him. Like they don't really have like Larry Fitz is like what is he, like forty years old now? Something. Old. Years. Like they he's needed someone so like him. They got they got a good running back. Kenyon Drake, who they picked up last year. Like I mean, they could be a sleeper pick, but I don't know enough about their defense and their I don't know. coach yet to I don't know nothing make that defense. statement.
1: I think another winner, as much as it pains me to say it, I think the Buffalo Bills made out pretty well with that Stephon Diggs trade. Uh, obviously, at the AFC East, as we all know, is pretty wide open right now, and, I mean, the Bills hit the playoffs last year. So, I think they're a team to look out for, uh, as much as I hate to say it, as a Jets fan.
3: Yeah, I think a playmaker on offense, and other than occasionally John Brown getting open deep, was kind of what the Bills needed. Um is the jury's still out on whether quarterback is their ultimate problem. You can certainly make that case, but now Allen does have the right surroundings on offense. So with that defense, with those surroundings, if the Bills don't win the division. It's either because Belichick figured it out or Allen just doesn't have it.
0: Yeah. I mean, more likely than not, if they make any progress than how from how they did last year, they're going to win the division. So I definitely think picking up Diggs was a big move for them and I think a change of senior scenery for from him for him from a uh, Kirk Cousins is also a big deal. I mean, who knows how Josh Allen is going to play next year? Like, I'm still not sold on that guy, but he's certainly talented. Uh,
4: I'll tell you what. I think as of now, just looking at how the AFC East looks pre-draft, I think I um I think Buffalo's obviously got to be the most complete team in the division, especially just on paper right now. I mean, people have given Josh Allen a lot of shit in his first two years in the league, but I mean, Buffalo made the playoffs last year. He didn't play too poorly down the stretch. I mean, he had some pretty good games. Buffalo, I mean, against Dallas on Thanksgiving last year comes to mind. They have a great hard-hitting defense. They have a great coaching staff. Like I mean, I don't think, I think they probably, they're definitely the odds-on favorite to win that division at this point in time, and I think they're a sleeper pick to at least make it to the AFC championship game, I think. Maybe that's a I Maybe mean, it's a stretch, but I mean I wouldn't be surprised.
3: I wouldn't be shocked either. I think the Chiefs and still the Ravens are the two favorites in the AFC. Then the NFC, I think the new contender is Tampa. I think I think that receiving core on the Bucks adequate defense and you go from a quarterback who throws a pick six every other attempt to a guy that turns it over. I, I think the Bucks offense is going to be pretty damn efficient. And so, and they have a good coach Arians is a good coach. So I think the Bucks are, they're going to be one of the top teams and certainly in the NFC.
0: Well, there's no doubt the NFC South race
3: just got a lot more interesting with the Saints and the Bucks because
0: otherwise like none of those teams are going to beat the Saints. I mean, like the Bucks are definitely the second best team right now in that division, it's going to be an interesting race for sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the – I mean, I wouldn't count – I still wouldn't count the Patriots out of the AFC East until they actually lose it because, I mean, as long as Belichick's there and they have a good draft, like who knows how Stidham is going to play or what they're going to do, but I can still see them being in the race, definitely.
4: I can see New England being a still – a remaining a serious contender in the AFC East, and I guess maybe even in the entire AFC, if Sony Michel has a breakout year, if he has a 1,000-yard rushing year. I mean, I think if he can do that, like all Stidham really needs to do is game manage, and that's all I really expect out of him, to be quite frank right now. I mean, obviously, I think the defense is still very good. I mean, maybe getting a... Getting a more decent offensive weapon than the fucking lacrosse unlimited employees that we have as our receiving core at this point in time would certainly help out a lot. But I mean, if we if our Russian core can just really break out this year and take a lot of the stress off of Jarrett Stidham, I think New England is still very much in play as well.
3: So let's get two things in here. Let's get. Uh, Marshall and Tarazi, the Jets and Giants fans, talk about your thoughts on those teams going into the year, and then we'll get everyone's take on the Patriots, Giants, and Jets as far as the NFL draft and what, what you'd like to see out of that. So let's get Tarazi or Marshall first.
5: Let's hear it. All right, uh, I'll go first. So this uh, free agency, I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um picked up. I think we're addressing the problems that we've had in our linebacker core with uh, Kyler Fackrell and Blake Martinez. Um, I was actually looking at an article Kyler Fackrell two years ago in 2018. He had the same uh, defensive coordinator as we have now, Patrick Graham, and the guy posted like ten and a half sacks. So, sacks. And then he had a down year in 2019 last year. And same as Blake Martinez. He had, I believe, 10 and a half sacks in 2018 on the Packers. And then 2019, he had another down year. So I think... I mean, I think with the right pieces, we could do a lot better. I mean, we're looking at a stat: we lost the most games last year in the entire NFL, like by like less than seven points. It was like we lost seven games by like less than seven points. So I mean, if you think about that, a couple more defensive stops, and we're adding a couple more wins in the win column. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping our defense steps it up and we draft draft defense. Hopefully, as I was going to say that. Yeah.
0: I was going like for the upcoming Thoughts year. on Daniel
5: Jones. Year 2. Um I'm optimistic about him, but obviously I'm not going to get my hopes up because as a Giants fan, I've got my hopes shattered <laughs> the past couple of years and it's kind of gotten kind of gotten used to losing, which is a, is a very unfortunate thing, but um but I think Daniel Jones in the second year, he's he's I think his second year is like one of the most important years for quarterbacks because he's going to come He knows the system, and he knows other defenses. He's seen looks. And, I mean, Lamar Jackson, similar to him. He fumbled a shit ton in his first year and he came back. back I think something you can easily Fumbling is huge. I completely agree
4: with that. I mean, you look at a guy like uh, Tarazi's old boyfriend, Mark Sanchez, you know. I mean, he came into the league, and even though the Jets made those AFC Championship games, those 2009 and 2010, People still. I mean, he always had problems with ball security, especially fumbling. Though the guy threw a shit ton of interceptions. That's something he never really got over, and he threw away what a lot of people, like Tarazi, considered to be a promising career. So certainly, I mean, that's something that you expect any good quarterback to really hopefully get better with age. But I mean, obviously, when you're a young guy in your
0: first year in the league, that's something to be expected. I agree. Mm-hmm. Alright, Taraz, do you got any thoughts on the Jets coming up? Like well, I don't know so much about the offseason, but what do you what do you think they need to address in the draft? So so for the Jets, the superior team in New York of the
1: last four years, um the last decade hasn't been kinda of a lot of coaching changes, a lot of misdrafting, especially misdrafting. Jesus. Um I definitely think in free agency, you know what, uh, Joe Douglas from the got, or I guess his first full season, I should say, from the Eagles. He's kind of, I wouldn't say, he's definitely addressed the old line. He's retooled he it for sure. We got uh, Connor Reduck in the center from Denver. We got Greg Van Roen, the guard from Carolina. We got... A bunch of other names. I think getting Brian Bull back on a one-year, $5 million deal is a really good, move for uh, Joe Douglas and company. Also, to DeSkeer with a cornerback from the Colts had a really good year two years ago, very underrated cornerback, um, who had a down year last year due to injury. Um, I definitely think they definitely retooled in places. We need help, obviously, in wide receiver and playmaking, uh, losing Robbie Anderson isn't great. I wasn't his biggest fan, honestly, but it's definitely a guy who was definitely our number one receiver. Um I think going into the draft, I think it really is gonna just play up to who trades up in the draft if possible. Really based on if the four alignment up to the four big ones that are gonna be probably taken and the first within probably first fifteen picks, if those four are taken, Taken, I should say, I'm looking at a guy like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy as a receiver to come right in and be a spark plug for the offense. Obviously, that's hard. Um, but we need to, just need to protect Darnold. They need to different weapons. We need to use on Bell, Bell a lot better. Um, it didn't help having Darnold out for most of the season and our backup quarterback going down, playing with a third stringer for multiple weeks. Obviously, in a very tough comp- uh, competitive division, um, now, obviously, the AFC East in my mind at least wide open. Um, it really depends on what we do in the draft. Can we keep signing cornerbacks um, in the draft or drafting, I should say? And really, just seeing how the how the how the players fall in the draft. I mean, it's gonna be a hard pick to turn down Jerry Judy or CD Lamb. But a lot of Jets fans are going on the uh, offensive tackle route. We need an offensive tackle. We're so we're the second worst line in the NFL. We can't keep doing this to Darnold like not to protect the guy, you have to give him weapons. So I definitely think it's going to be um, OI wide receiver in the draft. If I had to pick of anyone, I'd love to have Jerry Judy on this team. though.
0: That's what I was going to say. The one thing I have to say about that is that if they stay at 11, which it looks like, They're almost definitely gonna do. And Jerry Judy is there. There's no way you can pass up on taking Jerry Judy.
1: I I think CD Lamb's a very good player. Obviously, you guys watch football.
0: Or C D Lamb. I mean like one of those guys. I wouldn't even sleep on Ruggs. Like a lot of people think Ruggs is gonna be might even be the first wide receiver taken. Like I don't agree with that, but a lot of people are saying Mm -hmm. that. So he's also a really good player. Like he'll help out a team, like wherever he gets taken, maybe late teens. He's gonna be a great pickup for whatever team yeah. drafts him. Like so, I know,
1: like you guys are big Alabama fans, you and uh, you and Matt, but like from what I've heard, like yeah. Henry Ruggs would be a wide receiver one, and more or less any other probably team outside of Alabama or Oklahoma.
0: I in my opinion, his his upside is like a. I wouldn't. I don't think he his upside's a number one receiver just because of the style he plays. He's more of a smaller slot guy. He's not like a Julio Jones,
3: but he has very. I'd say. His upside is very good number two. I mean, if you're worried about Darnold's protection, the guy who can run quick routes so he can get the ball out, that might also help.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they want Judy, I think. At the
0: same time, Judy and CeeDee Lamb are both very – Refined route runners. They can run any route on the tree. So I think getting it out quickly to any of those guys isn't And to
1: Matt's problem. point, I really like the signing of Rashad Perriman. Um, he's the slot receiver from the Bucks. He's a good player. He yeah, was the first good. rounder with the Ravens. Didn't really pan out. It's kind of bounced around the league. Uh, obviously, when Michael Thomas and uh, the other receiver in Tepepe went down, I think Goodwin, um, he really shined in the last four games. Obviously, he's not some um, flashy wide receiver free agent signing, but. On a one-year, eight million-dollar deal, I, I like that as a spark plug, especially as a slot receiver. I think he can help He He's a faster than Robbie Anderson, who's really based off his I speed. Think, uh,
0: I think he's better than Robbie Anderson, or at least is most of the time, just because of Robbie Anderson has so many off-field issues and all that yeah. crap. Like, I mean, I think Perriman, Perriman, might is probably more talented than Robbie Anderson. I actually like that yeah. pickup. I thought the Bucks should have tried to keep him, but Matt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like before well, we chime in. So for Ashton and Andrew, what do you want the first round of the draft to be for the Patriots? Do you buy into the whole rumor about trading up for Tour? Do you think they should try for a linebacker or Justin Jefferson with twenty-three? I think they think? should go for. I think they should go for a receiver.
4: I agree with that. Yeah. I personally think that they should try to trade up to get like to get one of the better receivers that are uh, on the table in the drafts. And I hopefully think that they kind of sit and wait for the second round, maybe even the third and see if Jalen hurts slides. If he does grab him off the board and draft him
0: right away. I I actually disagree with that. If they trade up, it's not going to be for a wide receiver because this draft class is stacked at wide receiver. So they're not going to trade up to try to get like Jerry Judy, or at least I don't think so. They don't do stuff like that. Like, if they trade up, it's going to be for a quarterback like Tua or Herbert somewhere in the five to six range. Like, they could still – I know they've been talking to Jordan Love. I know that's a possibility at 23. To be honest with you, I kind of want to see them draft a linebacker, maybe Patrick Queen out of LSU, maybe a defensive lineman. I agree. To need depth I mean, did, defensive line mean, and linebacker. The no, they need a linebacker, and I think that should be the priority in the first round. I mean – if someone like Denzel Mims from Baylor, the wide receiver, or Justin Jefferson is there at 23, that might be hard to pass up. But at the same time, it, I think linebacker is definitely a bigger need than wide receiver. I mean, they're both big needs, which that kind of ties into the whole thing of they have a, a couple big holes to fill, and they can't pick three guys in the first round. So they got to be very
3: selective with who they pick. Yeah, I think with a healthy but aging Edelman, Sanu, 1-2 tandem, and then an unproven Harry, you could say, all right, maybe they'll try to get Justin Jefferson to pad the wide receiver position. They're not going to get a good tight end anyways, and they don't have a good one anyways. I think right now their biggest position and need that they can fix is linebacker losing um, Van Noy, Collins, and for what it's worth, the Landon Roberts, like they need a ton of extra depth and, for that matter, a little more talented linebacker. And so if they want to have the boogeyman again, they can't just do it with their secondary. Linebacker was a big part of that last year.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, right now, I I could – like, knowing Belichick, they could be – they could draft a – Fucking like lacrosse player from Stanford. For all I know, I mean, they—you never know what
4: they're gonna do. I'm not gonna lie. I hate to be the downer here and everything, but I think starting this year, I
0: think Edelman is going to
4: fucking suck. I don't think he was ever that good of a player. I think him being like, his, his rapport with Brady made him a good player. Now that Brady's not there, and, and you that go. combined yeah, with his advanced to age, is gonna make him. It's gonna make him that's, a
1: bomb. That's, that's a freezing, freezing cold, cold thing. Was yeah, the most receiving yards of any player in the playoffs? for a second I, I, I <laughs> let's just disregard
0: that he just said that but to be not
4: honest Not a with chance. You, no way. Do you think that guy, he was a high he was a college quarterback at Kent State. Do you think he would have been shit anywhere else? Not a chance.
3: I don't think anyone else would be smart enough to see his skill set and transform him but that doesn't mean he wouldn't have been good. I mean, his ability to get open, yeah, he has Brady, but his ability to get open it's not like you can't, you can't question that. His toughness—you can't question. Either. I'm not
4: questioning his toughness, but I'm not saying I'm. But that's a
3: big part of how good he is. I mean, I get the point that like he's not, he's not anyone you remember without Brady, but he's certainly a Cole, he's certainly a Cole Beasley type player without Brady. He's not Julian Edelman, but he's maybe true.
2: But Beasley he also has like, like that, that mentality and just that like clutch,
3: like work ethic
2: to him. Like, I mean, besides Gronkowski's catch against in the Super Bowl against the Rams. He offensively saved us. Like, we didn't score, but he had so many. He, had so yeah, many, I totally know. Like, like, dude, a 13 yard catch in that game was huge. And he had so many of those. I mean, his catch, his phenomenal. I know uh, one player doesn't define a player, but think about his phenomenal catch against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. That's just like, that, that's not lucky. That's just skill.
3: You well, gotta, you gotta. Think about, I mean, well, another thing that was definitely not lucky was taking that helmet to helmet hit on a third and 15 in the fourth quarter from cam chancellor and had his knee not touch the ground would have gotten up and ran for another 15 yards after that. I mean, that as great as Brady is, you don't, you don't just see that out of
0: every player. You can't teach that in the classroom. I mean, you got to have that, you got to have that kind of drive to be successful in the NFL. And you know, like talking, like Ashton said, in, in Super Bowl 53 against the Rams, like, he was the best player on the field that night, and that's why he won MVP. So, I mean, the the one thing I would agree with Andrew is that after this, like, this year and going forward, he's probably not going to be the same. And I think that if they traded him right now since Brady's gone and everything, I think that if they traded him right now, especially if they were trying to move up in the draft, I think that wouldn't be the worst thing.
4: I can, I can certainly agree with that. I mean,
0: well, I know
3: you agree with that. I was wondering what maybe what oh Ashton my. and Matt think about that. Well, trading Edelman. Like, I think trading Edelman to get two off is worth it. As much as I want Stidham to do yeah, that, it really I think that would have to be worth it. I, I guess I'd say that. Yeah, I'm a little shaky on that too with the
0: quarterback. Like, I want to see how Stidham plays. And I think that he's better than people think. But at the same time, I'm leaning towards that they need to draft a quarterback in the first three rounds. That's just my gut feeling.
3: I don't I, think we touched on it. Marshall, uh, do you have any uh, opinion on where the Giants should go in the first few rounds or just in general for this upcoming draft? Yeah, I Simmons, think. I know, but like is there other – there, so, you, you mentioned Isaiah Simmons. What are their other kind of positions of need in particular?
5: I would definitely say offensive line. Our offensive line is, like, notorious for just being terrible. So, I think if we address that and get that guy – I think that was his name. Tristan Morris. I think he was. a guy's, like, 300 and, like, 30 Tackle pounds. Tackle like from a, Iowa? A, yeah, ran, like, a ridiculous – 40-ton, uh, like, I think he would be great in that position. I mean, anything really to beef up our offensive line or our defense, I think, would be solid for the team because our defense notoriously has been bad, but so has our offensive line. So I think either or really works out for the team.
0: Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think – if they drafted Isaiah Simmons or Worf or one of those offensive tackles very high up, maybe the Alabama guy, I think either of those would be great picks for them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is
5: just ridiculous. Kind of
3: like a safety linebacker hybrid. They say he's the best defender in the draft, so that, that would be certainly be a good pick for them. Yeah, we certainly
5: changed You can put him anywhere. do
3: now, and Kind of like what we did in the last one. For everyone one by one, we can start with Tarazi because he hasn't gone in a while. Who is your favorite player, both on your favorite team and someone who isn't on your favorite team historically, not just active players? So we'll start with Tarazi. Favorite Jets so, player and non-Jets player?
1: Favorite Jets player, probably I mean, the glory days of the Jets are oh nine 9 and 10. Um, I was 10, 11 years old in middle school. I mean, obviously it's Steve for me. Um, I mean, he's just a lockdown corner, probably the best quarterback. In my mind, maybe besides my train lane and um, the Deion Sanders, right? Yeah. And yeah, um, nice. definitely, he's definitely up there. I mean, he's an amazing player. And obviously, you have to love Santonio Holmes. He's one of my favorite players. Um, growing up, not many recently. Really super- I like the but my favorite player in the NFL that was not on my field of all time is... That's a tough one. Let me think?
0: Um, we can come back to you if you don't have one off the top. You know
1: who it way. is? It's it's the guy who I wanted just to draft last year who's on the – who's on the pass right now with long hair. Winovich. I loved him in Michigan. I saw him play with Ashton. He was actually there against Wisconsin in that beat town um, two years ago. And he's a linebacker. I was working on that
0: side.
3: I like that, Matt. You want to go? Uh, okay. Favorite. So, outside of Brady, obviously, favorite Patriots player ever. Um, I guess I'd say I'll go with Teddy Bruschi. Damn, that's me uh, to be a little less to be a little less modern, relatively speaking. And favorite non-Patriots player ever. Uh, Ed Reed. I'll
0: go with Ed Reed. Ed Reed. All right. Um, for me, I'd probably go for the Patriots. I mean Gronk is an obvious answer that comes to mind. I mean I didn't I didn't see many of the uh, guys play from the first three Super Bowls, but I would maybe say Rodney Harrison. I mean from the highlights I've seen from him, he was just an incredible player and like he had that drive like Edelman has, like you like we talked about. Like he was just a phenomenal player. Andrew, what about you? Uh,
4: favorite? I mean, excluding Brady, my favorite Patriot of all time. It's probably gonna be Devin McCourty. I just love the guy's drive. He's an all-around team player. He's a hell. He's a hell of a player, too. Just natural-born leader, who just know. Who's just incredibly versatile. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler his rookie year at cornerback, and now he's one of the best safeties in football, and has been for a good decade now. Just, just an all-around legend. Just complete. Very much a symbol of the Patriots' continued dominance in the second decade of the Brady Belichick era. Um, yeah
0: i was gonna say too i forgot to say my non-patriots player i was thinking about this earlier um and i was just thinking of like players that were just like absolute beasts and one of the first players that came to mind was calvin johnson i just think
3: that guy was a monster so and then so uh, i'd agree with both mccordy and calvin johnson so we'll go andrew non-patriots favorite player and then for Marshall and, and Ashton, they get to go also.
4: Damn, favorite non-Patriots play. That's, that's, that's so tough, God damn it. I might uh, come back to me. I, you know what? No, I can think of it. I've actually, over the last couple of years, I've really gained a ton of respect and admiration for Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, he was a Wisconsin guy. My dad and my grandfather I got to see him play against Nebraska with College Game Day there back in 2011. He's just, I mean, he's just such a, cla- like, very, the, Classy, soft spoken guy, very much a leader. I mean, early off, like early on, uh, when in his first couple years in the league, the Seahawks defense really got a ton of credit. And over the last couple of years, people have really been able to see just truly
0: how classy a guy and how great a player he is. So I'll probably go with Russell Wilson.
5: Oh, Marshall, or Marshall ever wants to go? All right. So for, uh, my favorite Giants player, obviously Eli comes to mind, but that's that's kinda of mainstream. So if I'm if I'm being a little less mainstream, I'm gonna to have to go with Victor Cruz. Like that guy I love seeing him do the salsa after every touchdown celebration, especially in the Super Bowl. Like that guy was just electric and honestly in his prime he's probably one of the best receivers in the NFL. And um for my non Giants favorite player, um probably have to go with George Kittle. Um that guy, I love watching that guy play. He's just got great football IQ. Like he's in my opinion the best blocking tight end in the NFL and he's just an animal seeing what he did against the Saints this year. Uh it's just incredible. He's got incredible talent and I mean it helps use on my fantasy team too, but he's he's just a beast.
2: Uh it looks like Ashton might have left the He's uh, right the
5: here podcast. next to me. He's right here oh, he next is? to
2: me now. He's right here. How's it going, boys? Okay, so I would say I was gonna say Gronk, I was gonna say Teddy Bruschi, I would say Ty Law, all really good guys. Um, I wouldn't say this this is necessarily like my favorite players of all time, but I think I have to give some credit um, just because it's relevant to me. Like guys like Danny Woodhead and like Wes Welker, like those made our childhood. Like those are like the people that like made us Patriots fans. Like them working with Tom Brady, like they had some sick games, and I think that. You know, oh, they to give them some credit, you know. Um, yeah. I would say non-Patriots player, I would say playing right now, I think Deshaun Watson is just like, with what he's given and his coaching, I think it's just like really impressive just to see what he's been doing. Um, he really hasn't, after coming back from an ACL injury as well, I think that's really cool. And I think my favorite NFL player of all time, um, ooh, I'd really have to think about this one. Um, Night Train Lane is always a beast. I think Jerry Rice was always really, like, uh, probably, like, just, like, coolest to watch if you ever watch highlights. I think Mike Vick, his Prime, was just, like, a sick player to watch. I mean, in his past, it's just, it's golden history.
3: (laughs) I think Sam would agree with that one. (laughs) Um, so let's go on to Mount Rushmore, and we can start with Tarazi. Mount Rushmore of top four favorite fast food restaurants. With yeah, we're gonna finish off with this Mount Rushmore, like we did the last time. We're gonna do
0: that for every single one, but tonight we're gonna do fast food and Chipotle. Yeah. So for Mount, Mount
1: Rushmore, definitely we're uh, we doing a round robin. It's the top four for everyone. Uh, we just uh, so up. definitely number one or in no order, I guess. Chipotle, Five Guys, um. Wow, this is a tough one. Um, Halal Guys, which is a popular food truck. Uh, in what the fuck is that?
0: It's so good. Oh, yeah, it is so, mainstream. They have down. them everywhere now in the US.
1: But pretty much, it's ours. Oh, well, they have it in New Haven. No, it's very good. Are you, are you kidding jump- me? No, <laughs> I think that like might be really something that like counts really against them. They, if they do have it in New Haven.
0: It's like
1: really uh, good. what'd you say? Yeah, All so right. those are my three. The last one, I mean, can't go wrong. With McDonald's. I mean, just the standard. Yeah.
0: Thanks. All right, Josh, you go. All right. Um, I would say Chipotle, Sonic.
2: Ooh, um, good pick.
0: McDonald's probably. I had one earlier, and now I forgot what it was. But I
3: guess I'll go Five Guys. It's never a bad choice. Um, I'll go. Okay, so Chipotle, Five Guys. Definitely Chick Fil A.
0: Damn, that's what I was thinking of. Chick Fil A instead of uh, McDonald's.
3: The fourth, there's a lot I could choose for number four. Sonic, whatever. I'm gonna go with the fast food place I haven't been to that I'd like to try one day, and that's uh, Popeyes Louisiana Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm ready with uh,
5: Chick Fil A. Easy number one, clear cut. Um, then Chipotle. Uh, Wendy's, and... Good pick. Uh, I fucking Bob, love
0: Taco
3: Wendy's. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: change mine to... I messed up earlier. I'm gonna go Chipotle, Sonic, Chick-fil-A, and then Danks is number four.
4: Alright, uh, I The four I fuck with the most have gotta be uh, Five Guys, uh, Moe's. I fucking love Moe's, you know? I mean, Loki. it's so much better than Chipotle. It's really... Like <laughs> oh, no dishes, way.
2: You know... <laughs> I'm
4: cussing <laughs> Andrew right now, and he's freezing. Dude, ch- do. Chipotle is the most mainstream, bullshit, basic place ever. Moe's is where the Mo's- real- <laughs> is. <laughs> bullshit. what bullshit. about? Mo's is, like the- Mo's is the <laughs> grittiest Hispanic-themed fast food place out there, except what? for Starbucks. All
2: right? Hey, Marshall works
5: at Chipotle. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marshall. Yeah, make all the food. It's all fresh. It's not like Moe's. You just yeah. pull it out of the freaking- Not
2: to mention, I do. remember that it's some- Every single time I go to Moe's, it is always some person's highest hits, and they're obese as shit. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. If that isn't the American way, I don't know what is,
3: all right? It's gritty. It, if, if if you you fourth gotta, my fourth is probably got to... My fourth is... If you want a good fast food margarita, get uh, Marshall Watts made margarita that sample. <laughs> with nothing but alcohol.
4: My fourth has probably got to be um, Hot Take, uh, Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's. You know, it's a really underrated I institution. I like that Asher and I went in Los Angeles. He hated it, but that's only because he's a pussy. It's a really, it's a hell of a burger. If you're ever been to In like, N Out, yeah. In like N Out burger, one. like the In N Out burgers blow. They are nothing compared to the Carl's
0: Jr. burgers. All right,
2: Carl's Jr. passionism. is everyone gone? Um, I have to Aspen. go. And then after this, I have uh, one more little debate for us to do. So okay. I would say that mine is White Castle at number one. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Okay, so Harold and Chipotle Tuma. and Chick-fil-A are the top two. Like, it's non-disputed. Right. And then my last two are either Jersey Mike's, if that counts, and Taco Bell. And I know that, like, really low-key, Zaxby's down south, very good. Never I heard, heard that's good. I heard that one's good. They got them in near Maryland. Um, I actually haven't found one, but at Charleston they had plenty. My sleeper okay, pick, yeah.
4: actually, I just thought of it, Arby's.
0: I was. Um, Arby's is fucking terrible. They yeah, have the fucking meats. I was the only one who did it. Oh, I wish I liked that. I heard it's a huge
4: stoner joint.
2: Okay, quick question. No yep. question.
5: Five guys. Five
3: guys or Shake Shack.
5: Five. Guys. Five. Guys. Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Five guys.
3: Uh, for the most part, uh, five guys. Shake Shack has better ice cream. That's literally it. Okay, let's talk about five guys. burgers. I, I say Shake Shack. More
1: customization Shack. at Five, to to five guys, guys and it's cheaper. You're paying a an arm and a leg for something at like Shake Shack. I don't,
5: I don't think I've ever been a Shake Shack, so I can't really commentate, oh, but Five Guys has some pretty damn good burgers.
4: I was going to say Shake Shack, but I heard at the Five Guys in Brantford, someone got stabbed once outside of it, and so well, that, that just, gives it massive crap. That's, that's a
2: Brantford thing, not a uh, five, five, five Guys thing.
0: Art just walked in. Go I should have asked him for his pick.
2: Dang it, dude. Chase him down. Think
0: he, I think he would say five guys for the boys. I don't know.
2: All right, boys. All, all right, boys. guys. Good shit today. Yeah, that's all stuff. we got. We'll, we'll be back on again there. soon. And Sam better be here.
4: Uh, yeah. He'll
2: be there. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll be there. We time. need Elton
4: to pull, pull up to yeah, we'll, yeah.
2: we'll get, we'll get a
0: guest we'll list together for the next <laughs> couple ones. But I think we're shooting for middle and next week for the next one. Beautiful. All right, boys. All right.